0: Welcome to the fight with Teddy Atlas. I'm Ken Rideout, joined as always by Boxing Hall of Famer Teddy Atlas. Teddy, good to be with you. Same here. We've got a lot more exciting fights to talk about today. Before we jump into it, though, I want to give a quick <coughs> shout out to my bookie. They've been a great sponsor of ours. Check them out at mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Atlas for a hundred percent credit up to a thousand dollars on your first deposit. So deposit a thousand, they'll match you a thousand. You'll have two thousand to bet with. A lot of good fights coming up. We've got a big UFC card coming up. Canelo Kovalev, AJ uh, versus Ruiz, too. Lots to be excited about. And uh, additionally, please check out Teddy's audiobook releasing Monday, November 4th, Atlas, From the Streets to the Ring, A Son's Journey to Becoming a Man. The book includes extra conversations between trap between chapters with Teddy. It's fantastic compliment to the book. Be sure to go to Amazon.com and pre-order now. If you've read the book, a lot of the additional um, content there is really entertaining. I love this book. Um, can't say enough good things. Teddy, let's jump into this Pro Gray's Taylor fight. By the
1: way, with my bookie stuff, yes. let me just say that yeah. you put it to good use in camp. I saw you a couple times. <laughs> you had a couple uh, extra... Uh, shackles Shekels to go home with.
0: <laughs> I, I saw you. Well... I gave a lot of it back on the Taylor Progray's fight. Yes, you did. Uh-huh. <laughs> the Brits are going to be happy with this one. I've never taken so much heat. I can't tell you how many people reached out to me on social media wanting to debate me on why I thought Progray would win, or why they thought Taylor would win, and I said, can we just discuss this Sunday morning? Yeah. You'll, you'll, We'll see. I really thought Progray was going to do it. You correct, correctly had... Taylor winning a decision and razor razor thin decision. One guy had one of the judges had it a draw. I think one guy had 15-12. Interestingly, and one guy had it like 17-12, something to that of 7. 17-13, seven. I'm yeah. not sure. But the guy who had Taylor winning by two points gave the 12th round to Taylor. That was wrong. I had no problem with the with him having Taylor win by one round I was hoping we'd get a draw I didn't think we would in London After seeing the fight But to say that Taylor won that 12th round Is a crime I mean t- Progray won those last two rounds yeah, he, he showed the heart of a champion But like I said you had it you, you, Not
1: only won uh, If I remember correctly Won the 11th significantly, significantly. Like, like, like you would have thought that If there was more time left That he was going to take control of the fight Yep. You know it was a little too a little too late mm-hmm. That old saying a little bit, but the way he won it, he didn't want win it, i use your terminology, he didn't win it razor thin. I mean, he went out there and he took command uh, late in the fight of those last two rounds. Mm-hmm. I think especially the 11th, if I remember correctly. That's right. And um, so he showed a lot of resiliency, a lot of heart, and a lot, you know, he, he dug down. And um, But I thought that the guy I picked, which was Taylor, I thought he won the fight.
0: Yeah. I have no problem with him winning. Like I said, I thought... When you go into the decision thinking, like, please let me get a draw, you kind of have a feeling that the other guy got it done. But two great sportsmen showed tremendous respect for each other after the fight. But, man, what a fight. Awesome candidate for fight of the year. Um, would you see And anything surprise you?
1: A little bit. I thought that I thought Taylor being the bigger, taller, longer guy would use that reach advantage early more. But I also thought, and when I say you, first of all, two southpaws, so they negate the advantage right Mm -hmm. there, like looking in a mirror, you know? Uh, So that's negated. But I thought that, again, being the taller, longer guy, that Taylor would use the jab on the outside, maybe part of his strategy would be to use the jab, dictate distance, draw a line, in the sand so to speak in the canvas and look to pot shot Prograys, forcing him to be aggressive to the shorter guy, and pot shot him on the way in. I also thought, and I said it in the uh, breakdown when we did that podcast of the fight, way back when we did it before the fight, I said that I thought that there might be more physicality with the size to tailor, not only taller and longer, but maybe more physical, Mm -hmm. and that he had the ability, the option, the ability to go on the inside to use that physicality, uh, to go to the body, to put water in the basement, like I like to say a lot of times when I was broadcasting the fights on ESPN at ringside. And I also felt that he has a good trainer in this young Barry McGuigan son, and Barry McGuigan being a former featherweight champ of the world from Ireland, uh, I worked with McGuigan uh, some when he came up and won the title, actually. Uh, I helped him a little bit, uh, did, did some advising for him and stuff, worked his corner, actually, in a couple of fights. And I feel that his son has really developed into a pretty damn good trainer and doing a good job. So I thought that, He would have the right strategy, the right fight plan, and that he's technically pretty buttoned up. Uh, I thought it would be a real good fight. It was a real good fight, a contested fight. It was a contested fight, very competitive. I was surprised that Taylor made the choice. You got to make choices in these kind of fights. Do you make them quick enough? When do you make them? Do you make the right choice? He made a choice to go inside early, uh, to take that physicality to progress. And to go to the body and to make it uh in the trenches sort of fight. And he did that and he maintained it. And again, he he I thought he could have the advantage on the outside, being taller, and longer, he decided to have the advantage on the inside with being a bigger guy. And he technically knew what to do. He got his head on the side where he was taking care of defense and he was able to throw the punches to the body without giving up any defense and be able to be effective in those dimensions. And for me, it was a fight. It was a nip and tuck, push and pull fight all the way through the first eight rounds with like, who's going to blink first? That's that's where I saw it. Like, both guys are fighting this way. Who's going to give first? Who's going to give an inch? And what I saw was Also, Taylor had the option to go outside every once in a while and use what I talked about before, that length, that jab, uh, that height. And he was able to have that option. Grace didn't really have that option. Once he got locked down to fighting inside, that was kind of like it. Mm -hmm. I was a little surprised on the side of Grace that he didn't use his legs more early. Because to me, he's a bit of an athletic guy uh he's a bit of an awkward guy, unconventional. he didn't really show that dimension. He was pretty conventional he was pretty standard he was pretty buttoned down he was he was he was pretty you know straight at you. He took away some of that awkwardness that he usually displays. I didn't see it mm-hmm. by being just aggressive, you know and we appreciate it we applaud because it was a terrific fight um he decided to be that blue collar guy, you know. Instead of that guy like you with the Ferrari, you know, (laughs) you know, every once in a while, you know, you go out on the weekends and you say, hey, look, I got a Ferrari. (laughs) He didn't, he didn't show that dimension that, you know, hey, I got legs. Hey, I'm awkward. Hey, I'm, you know, I'm unorthodox. As I like to phrase it, I'm awkwardly clever. He didn't show that dimension. He was, again, he was, he was more the straight arrow in this one. And right there fighting, you know, tooth and nail. Nip and tuck. So he took that dimension away from himself, for me at least, a little bit. And when it got to about the eighth round, if I was calling a fight, when I was watching it, I remember making a conscious thought to myself if I'm in that seat that I used to be in, calling a fight, right about now, I saw a change. I saw a change where all of a sudden Pro Grace did decide to use his legs, he took it outside. And I said, Jesus, now? <laughs> and for me, it was more of a concession yeah. rather than a strategic move. It was more of a confession. It was more of what I like to say sometimes when I was doing a broadcast at ringside. It was more of a polygraph test for fighter that you see the truth, that he blinked, mm-hmm. that he was like, you know what? I got to get out of here. I, I need to get out of here. He again. He made a concession. Can I say not, one? Thing? Not a strategic move. Yeah. One
0: quick thing. I talked to him after the fight on the phone while he was in London the day after, and he said exactly what you just said. He said I gave away those early rounds, like eight through the middle rounds, eight through ten. He said I let off the gas and like tried to change things up, and then in the eleventh, I just went back to what I Isn't knew that I could do. He said the exact same thing what you just said. He acknowledged. He's like, I Maybe, gave it away there. He's like, I. I, I I should have done things he goes take nothing away he goes that guy was tough he goes i wouldn't have tried to use the legs and move outside if he wasn't so tough i would have kept doing what i was doing because i think i could beat him but he goes i did it realized i realized what i was doing and went back to what i knew i could do and took the last two rounds in my opinion
1: maybe i know a little bit about what i'm (laughs) maybe sometimes i get lucky you know even a blind squirrel finds a uh not Oh, well, yeah, acorn. <laughs> <laughs> An acorn every once in a while. But, yeah, well that's how I saw it. And if I was at ringside, that's what I would have said. I would have said immediately, you're watching a polygraph test, only one that shows up where fighters are showing the truth, whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. It's out of their hands. Yeah. Because their body's showing the truth. And he's taking it outside. And what it also, on the flip side of it, does... It tells the other guy who chased him outside. I'm doing. I'm in charge. That's right. I'm the boss. I'm in charge. And, and it's a. It's like we talk about getting a shot of adrenaline. It's a shot of confidence. It's a boost. It's a boost that hey, keep it up. You're on the right track, baby. You know it's it's confirmation. It's kind of like running a race, where you're in a race and you run a lot of big races, and. You're in there, and you're going nip and tuck with this guy in a long race. And really, the mind is a big part of that too, just like it is in boxing, right? So you're running nip and tuck with the guy, and you're human. Don't you want some evidence? Don't you want something to tell you this guy's cracking? Yeah, of course you do. You'll peek at him. Yeah, you keep your focus, but you peek at him. Like, can I see something?
0: Can You'll I just? do little things like surge a few steps and see if he comes with you. If he doesn't, then you surge a little harder. As soon as you feel that <laughs> elastic break, then, you, then you're then you in. You're all in. Just like in boxing, that only someone who has your understanding of it would recognize those things. The casual fan might not even pick up on that. But same thing with running. There's a lot of strategy in running that most people won't know. If you're running up on someone and closing the gap, you don't slow down when you get to them. You go past them as hard as you can. And his job is to try to respond and like, no, 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 I'm going with you. You just and it's want like, to
1: see that stagger, exactly. the legs just stay and, and he can't, just something. I'm going to use, say something that I would think too. And it might be a little gross to some people, but yeah, it's a little graphic, you know? I'm not saying you have to hide the kids <laughs> right now, but you might, it might be like if it was more of less of a level that you're on, but more, you know, just two guys racing, you might want to see if that guy maybe sometimes he goes to spit, and the spit comes on him. Yep. And like in other words, he's too weak to even spit. <laughs> I got him. <laughs> you, you know, just just something again to certify in your mind that that you're winning the you're winning the war. You know, not just a battle, but but you're winning the war. And for me, that's what it showed Taylor that he's winning a war. Yep. The battles are, are going his way and now he's winning a war. And so, and you just kind of confirmed it by what the fighter himself said. Yep. So, that's what I saw. And then, I saw the reaction of Taylor. He stepped it up. Oh yeah. He stepped it up. Baby. And and he started going after him even more. Mm-hmm. You know, once he saw that, that window of opportunity, you know, that little crack in the door. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I saw that and for me it started to look like again if I was ringside this is how I would have described it it started to look like a dog and cat fight where the dog the cat is always going to give a good account of itself because it's going to scratch the crap out of you in spots mm-hmm. and it's going <laughs> to you know it's going to claw back and it's, it's it's a cat you know yeah. and it's going to strike out but you always feel like at the end of the day the dog's going to eat the cat. Yeah, you, you always feel like there's no doubt who's going to wind up having a meal here. It's yeah. going to be the dog. Yeah, He's going to be chomping and he's going to have some fur balls, fur balls in his throat. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I felt like. I, the Taylor was the dog and Pro Graves was the cat. And sooner or later he was going to get eaten. But then, as it got late, I said, this must be a Siamese cat. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those Siamese fighting cats that all of a sudden started to transform into the dog. And I'm gonna say this in a very strong way. I usually, um, I'm not accused of being too mellow in my, (laughs) or too iffy in the things I do or weak. I, I think I say it pretty much the way I feel it. I'm gonna say this in a real firm way, that it was something to see this program. He's special too, because and that 11th that you talked about, that 11th and 12th, he became the dog. Yep. A- after, after looking like he might get eaten, and all of a sudden, man, he comes back, and he looks like he might turn the other guy into a cat and eat him. Mm-hmm. He, he wins that 11th round, and again, not in a way where you're just barely eking it out. I mean, it's like all of a sudden he transformed himself he made a conscious decision. Man, I got to, you know, I got to, uh, that stupid old say, I got to man up. You mm-hmm. know, anyone who's in the ring is manning up. So mm-hmm. I shouldn't even use that stupid thing. But, you know, I, I got to be what I got to be now or never. Mm-hmm. And he became what he had to be then. And he went, and it was too too little too little, late mm-hmm. to a certain extent. Definitely on the scorecards, as it turned out. But he did, and he, he, significantly changed things in that uh, that 11th round and and then you know as far as the action in the ring I mean again the way he won he won definitively oh yeah and then uh, 11th and 12th he took both those rounds for me and the interesting thing with that is what you touched on earlier that the judge the one judge that had it um, 15-13 15-13 had had Taylor winning, and, and he, for me, I'm going to say it again, I don't say things, uh, I'll never be accused of being, uh, you know, uh, walking through the tulips with these things, like, uh, you know, and and, and walking on eggshells and being afraid to say something. Uh, so I'll say it. Uh, that, that guy was wrong. Oh, yeah. He. I mean, those were clear rounds, especially that 11th. He was wrong. Now, if he has it the right way, that... On his scorecard changes dramatically. Mm -hmm. His scorecard suddenly becomes, I believe, a draw.
0: Oh, yeah. If he scored that last round for progress, we have a majority draw. I mean,
1: (laughs) and listen, if if, you know, we know about uncles and aunts, right? Yeah. So we won't go there if, if, butts and Mm -hmm. all that. But again, hats off to both guys. I picked Taylor going in. Uh, he saw the advantage of being a more physical guy. He got that advantage. But then Progreys did what champions do. He took a last stab at it late in the fight and behaved like a champion. Terrific fight. What I'm glad about also, it didn't come down to a funny decision in London. It, it came down to the fighters taking care of it themselves. Mm-hmm. You know. I have no problem with Taylor winning that fight. Same. Where you could have said, oh, you know, he's pro-grace and never get out of there with a decision. Uh, It didn't come down to that. It came down to a real good fight Mm -hmm. between two good solid guys that behave champions. And the future now is interesting because I tell you, you got Ramirez, right? Who's the other champion that would be an interesting fight taylor ramirez oh yeah i mean that would be really interesting and you got two locations that could be possible normally that's not the case mm-hmm. because normally you just say you close your eyes and say okay it could only be in london because that's where you can draw 20 30 40 thousand people forget about it mm-hmm. and so it's got to be in london to make it make sense financially but no, or Scotland,
0: where um, or, or, where Taylor or Scotland, is from, yeah.
1: But over across the pond, yeah. where, where they play darts. <laughs> right,
0: it's <laughs> funny you say where, that.
1: Well, I mean, I'm just saying. I love you guys, you know. But you know, it's a funny story. I, if I may,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, digress for one second. Yeah, I, we had Tris Dixon. Uh, Tris Dixon is a writer, mm-hmm. who's a good writer, really good writer. He's from London. And he does a podcast, and he asked me if I would do it for him when I got back from camp. And I gave him my word I would do it, so I did it with him. And he was talking about how our podcast is popular in London. Mm-hmm. He said, it's really popular over there. I said, the people really, I love those the people across the pond and stuff. And, you know, I tease with them, and we, we joke back and forth. And He goes, I know. He goes, I listen to your podcast. And he said, you know how you made a joke with them about the, you know, they they don't have all the things, which is true. Mm. They don't have all the competition that we have over here with LeBron James and Tiger Woods and Tom Brady and all those things. So you can, it's easier to develop a fighter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it is. Let's be honest. I mean, if you went down the street and there's anybody in London who Joshua is, they all know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you go down the street here and there's anyone who Deontay Wilder is, nobody knows. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the proof to yeah. it. It's just because it's, so many other things here Mm -hmm. so it's easier to build a name there a a star there in that way and i joke with them and say you know you guys got soccer i know it but you know what else you got snooker you know you got darts got a couple good golfers too we joke and stuff and then one time during our broadcast i said now they're probably gonna put me on a dartboard guess what they did
0: i don't have to guess this no one knows this including you the dartboard's here I've been working with a kid in England for, on this for like three months. <laughs> no, get out of here. I mean, you talk about... Give me the seg- dartboard,
1: Rob. You talk about segueing into something.
0: And Teddy didn't
1: know this was coming. No, no clue. I just knew Tris Dixon told me... Tris Dixon
0: just ruined my surprise. We've been looking on here. Oh, my God. There's the I, I dartboard. No, I know, Here's I the no, picture no, I took in I, camp.
1: I, I had no clue. I mean...
0: Here's they, the signatures. I mean, I, I Here's know. the signatures. You got about... I don't know, 30 or 40 British fighting personalities, fighters, uh, people from the British boxing community. Oh, I've, got nice a, I've got a list in a printout. I can't
1: believe that you got this. Uh, so Trent was telling me they really got it. I can't horse. believe the
0: guy ruined my surprise. I'm sorry,
1: because I, I had no clue. I mean, I, I look like a cat.
0: I mean, uh, they made my nose.
1: I I look like I I just. It's not supposed to be flattering. I I, I, I guess not. I mean, at least there's no dot in the middle of my nose right at this second. You know, but a beautiful flat nose like that. Look what they did to it. Oh,
0: my goodness. I can't. That's from that's from Brandon Mitchell in. Bournemouth United Kingdom he now lives in Sweden but I've been working with him on this for a few months and he was like get me a picture he's got all the signatures I've got a print out here of all the guys who've signed it he said I mean Tris told
1: me he said he went into a pub you know I don't know which pub (laughs) but he said and there it is Uh, Teddy the cat I mean
0: look at that I look like
1: I just finished talking about progress and Taylor being like a cat dog fight I, I better keep my mouth shut Wow.
0: I, I know people listening to this are going to be like, oh, what a setup. But there's no, no, jo- no all joking aside, he didn't know this was coming. No and I have a note here. We were going to add it in after the no uh, description of the fight. Is, uh,
1: <laughs> no clue and no dots, please. No, that's one thing. I'm going to put my foot down with that. Nobody's
0: throwing a thought at this. Okay. Again, that's from Brandon Mitchell in Bournemouth. Thanks, Brandon. He was uh, very excited. And he who signed it? A, it? He, who, who told the. I have, that I sign. have, a, um, let me get the list. That's I'm awful just, nice. I'm going to rattle through the names. I guess it's nice. I There's don't know a description of all the guys and who everyone is because some of them, oh, are, unfortunately, I don't know. And I really got... do
1: love you guys over there because you're good people. You got Richie Woodhall, but don't throw no dodge. Just look at the <laughs> dartboard. Just look at it. Look at it and say, "Hey, that's Teddy. That's that's our bloke. That, <laughs> that's the terminology, right? That's our bloke from from over across the pond. That's he's a that's, good geezer. He's a good. He's <laughs> a good bloke. He's a good bloke, and
0: nobody will throw." thought at it <laughs> so you've got richie woodhall jim watt bill Hardy. james watt wait yeah. a minute jim watt mbe glasgow active james watt is, is 68 to 81 lightweight he's WBC a former lightweight champion of the world yep wbc and ebu um, i
1: know james why he's a former world champion lightweight champion yep. howard davis fought him from the olympic team fought him in the pros and laws of decision to him
0: yep uh, he lost to a prime Ken Buchanan in 71 and in 1981 he lost to Arguello Alexis Arguello. Uh he's a great fighter. Bill Hart, Billy Hardy, Steve Bunce, well Buncey. Wow. Uh, Mike William Mick Williamson, John Oliver, Steve Bendel, uh Bournemouth, uh middleweight IBO champion. Ibrahim Bra- uh Nadim Bradford, Robbie Reagan. Wow. There's a whole bunch of guys here. We'll read the rest of them uh, later. Ricky Hatton.
1: Oh, Ricky Hatton. Yeah, I love wow. Ricky
0: Hatton. Tony Bellew.
1: Ricky Hatton was involved in so many good fights. He beat Cassis too.
0: Yeah. For the uh, title. Lee Cutler, Chris Blaney, Luke Evans. Wow. Kona Walker.
1: Wasn't that nice? Isn't that awful nice of these good people over love there? Love the Brits. To put me on a freaking thought board. And
0: he sent you a long it's letter really you know, a here that we'll read out off the air. Off to you, too. Right. So, yeah, I thought you would, uh, I was <laughs> telling Rob that came while we were in Philly to Philadelphia. Then I had to go and send it to Rob. We've had it here. And I was like, Rob, where's the dartboard? Because he never well,
1: mentioned I, it. I, 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 you really, <laughs> I'm talking about this, you know, with Tristick saying uh, the whole story about no clue that <laughs> you guys.
0: I can't believe you brought it up. Literally, Rob and I have been waiting all day to give this to you. And then you're like, oh, they? I heard they have a dartboard about me. This guy here is everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah, I,
1: I, there was a. Sort of a pipeline that goes a- Every
0: off. single thing. I talked to a girl while we were in Philly from uh, Russell Peltz's office on Twitter. Within an hour, Teddy was like, oh, I know you talked to that girl, uh, so-and-so. I was like, oh, my God. It's like yeah. he has a freaking tracker on me.
1: No, not on you. i just <laughs> on, on a, 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 anything a, a, in, in boxing. boxing. I mean, <laughs> I, people do uh, get information out there. They well, do Anyway,
0: talk. Uh, for sure. They, they talk. They do talk. You want anytime? The you walls. Want
1: to... The walls have ears
0: and the no. worst place to keep a secret is anything to do with boxing community um but listen to wrap up the um taylor Progre's discussion um tough loss for regis i feel for him like i've but said a good before. win yeah. great win time. for taylor great win and,
1: and again that ramirez if they fought ramirez the option, I didn't finish my thought on that. Because, no, no, it's all right. The, we got thought boards here.
0: Ramirez but, has the WBO and WBC, so you're talking yeah, but, all belts but, on the yeah.
1: line. Yeah, listen, it would be a big fight. It would be a good fight. It really would be a good fight. Um, an interesting fight. And one of the interesting things is, as I started to say earlier, normally you say it has to be in London. You know, where yeah, else are they going to do 20, 30, 40,000 people, whatever. It has to be in London because of the money. No, because Ramirez draws in Fresno. Oh yeah, he draws big in Fresno. Big. You know, he's got a cause behind him with the water situation there,
0: the agricultural, uh, industrial agriculture in uh, Southern Cal. Yeah, he
1: fights for a cause. Yeah, you know, it's always good to fight for something. Big Mexican yourself. American following. Big, and so it could be either place. Mm-hmm. And um, really, really an interesting, really an interesting fight uh, to see, and then. How interesting would it be? I'm not saying this would happen, but how interesting would it be? You know, it's nice to just throw things out there, right? Think about it. If Lomonchenko moved up and he went over across the pond where they have darts and dartboards and good-looking dartboards, (laughs) too. If he went across the pond and he fought Taylor after having already been over there and beat Lou Campbell in a good fight, and the people just embraced him, Lomonchenko. The mm-hmm. people loved him, loved Lomonchenko over there, and really reacted to him. How big would that be? Lomonchenko goes back across the pond and he fights Taylor, he moves up to another weight class. Don't think it's impossible. I know t- he probably hit his peak as far as, he probably, you know, hit his limit, Lomo, mm. as far as how many weight classes he could go up. Yeah. Probably has. But if there was one more to go up, boy, that would be that's that'd be an interesting one too. For sure. To throw out there as possibilities, that's all. But the main possibility would be the two guys at the same weight, Ramirez and him, either in London or in Fresno. Yeah. And uh, that would be that would be pretty damn interesting. I would. I thought I was very impressed by Ramirez in the hooker fight. Yep. I thought he improved as a fighter. Mm-hmm. Forget about that. You know, he's a pressure guy and he goes to the body well and he was, in the, you know, he was an Olympian and he's got that pedigree and all that stuff. He makes good action fights. He's TV friendly. All that. All that stuff. I like him. I like him. I like the way he represents himself as a man, as a person, inside, outside the ring, as a champion. Uh, but I saw him become a better fighter. Not just a one-dimensional guy Putting pressure on going to the body, tracking you down. I saw a guy that used to jab more. I saw a guy who uh, put combinations together more. Uh, so I, I saw a guy whose intellect showed me st- his intellect was showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, his IQ in the ring was showing, not just his pressure and his physicality. Uh, that would be really interesting to see that matched up with Taylor, mm-hmm. who just won a fight against a really good fighter in progress. I would favor Ramirez. Oh really? Yeah, I would favor Ramirez. I know a lot of people I, I would that so I would love to see that it would be really interesting uh to see that fight and to see it if he could take Ramirez could take what I just said and bring it across the pond if that's where they had to go mm-hmm. and and be able to show it on that stage.
0: Yeah. That would be a good one. It sounds like that was that's a real possibility from the way the guys are talking. And Ramirez, real stand-up guy, I'm sure he wants that fight. But one of the other things I was impressed with was the level of sportsmanship and professionalism that Taylor and Progre showed to each other. I saw a video of them the day after the fight, and they both looked terrible. I mean, Taylor's eye especially was swollen shot, stitched up, but just very, very cordial. I even thought that build-up to the fight, they did what they did to hype the fight. But it was always respectful. I mean, they were talking crap and selling the fight. But it was like the kind of pre-fight hype that you like. Both guys supremely confident. I'm going to kill you. No, I'm going to kill you. And then after the fight, couldn't have been more respectful to each other. It was just everything that boxing should be. Just like good battle, good sportsmanship. And uh, Progre was total uh gentleman after the fight he could have easily complained and argued that he should thought he should have got a draw but he said nope the better man won i lost it is what it is moving on to the next one you know all credit to taylor
1: yeah that's that's nice i mean that's befitting of two you know fighters that know how to behave in the ring and know how to behave in other places so yeah
0: and that guy and Progre is really is a nice guy he's, he's in in person he's a very uh intellectual interesting guy with really diverse interests outside of the ring so anyway let's talk about the uh, upcoming canelo kovalev fight this is an interesting one canelo moving up two weight classes he's already moved up a bunch since where he started he's still really young too for the amount of fights he's had and the amount of experience i mean the guy has fought everybody
1: but don't forget you know, there's two sides to that coin. Mm-hmm. He's still young, but he turned pro when he was 16.
0: Yeah, yeah. 100%. You're right. So
1: go ahead. I'm, I want you to finish where you want to take it, But and then I'll jump in.
0: He's just What I was saying is just for a guy who is as young as he is, and I've got to check his exact age, but he's fought a who's who, and now he's moving up two weight classes to fight... Um, Kovalev, and the thing that is interesting to me here is that Canelo's camp—they desperately wanted Kovalev. They were—they were willing to wait to schedule a date for him. Well, they needed it
1: because the zone needs it.
0: They did. Well, the zone could have put him in with Triple G. I mean, there's no shortage of people. Canelo can fight anyone. They can't make that
1: fight. They can't make the Triple G fight. That's the problem. Canelo and Triple G, they haven't.
0: They couldn't make that fight there. Canelo don't want it. That's my point, though, is Canelo can fight anyone he wants, and he saw Kovalev and was like, I want that fight, and I'm gonna wait to even but, pick but, an opponent. But before
1: you go crazy, and I get you, mm-hmm. you're right, on the surface, you're right. But he's Canelo is looking at it the same way Mayweather has the ability to have x-ray vision beyond the layman, beyond the average guy, and not only be able to do it in the ring, but be a good manager and a good matchmaker and pick guys the right guys because he sees where he has an advantage. That's my point. Canelo exactly. Sees it he,
0: they clearly see something in Kovalev that they're like, we'll wait for everything. We want him. We want to move up two weight classes. So in my mind, the, the Canelo camp thinks that they're going to run this guy over, well, why would you wait, and you know, they May want Mayweather
1: saw the same thing when he looked at Canelo. Yep. Everyone thought it was a mistake back mm-hmm. then. People forget now because he whitewashed him. Mm-hmm. He won every round except that crazy judge that had to be corrupt, <laughs> that I went crazy on ESPN yeah. that night and got her suspended, quite <laughs> frankly. And I'm not saying that, I am proud of it, I shouldn't say that. Yeah. Because I want to get rid of things that hurt our sport mm-hmm. and hurt our fighters, hurt the business. Yeah, so, yeah, I, so I am proud of it. I'm I'm ashamed that it takes that. In some ways, I'm distressed that it takes something like that for me to go on SportsCenter and scream and rail, to to get some action by these commissions that are omnipotent, that are a joke, that take taxpayers' money and do crap with it, and get a free freaking ride instead of protecting the sport the way they're paid to protect the sport and the fighters. So I, but I'm. So I'm I'm disgusted that it takes that to get action in such an obvious situation of where one fighter won every round. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Unbelievable. And that's Unbelievable. my point is Kovalev but, is doing a Mayweather and he no, thinks he is. that
0: he's gonna he thinks he's gonna easily beat Kovalev.
1: He has the same instinct, intuitiveness, you know, that innate ability that the, a lot of good fighters have that. That Mayweather has, that he can look at a guy where someone else would say, "Oh, that's a dangerous fight." Jesus, is he really taking that guy? And and it's in, it's not because he sees, and that's for doesn't mean he's right right now. But Canelo sees that. That's right. Canelo Canelo is seeing that. So, well, a lot of people are saying he's being brave. He's also being smart. Yeah. Because he believes in what he sees and what he knows he sees, or he thinks he knows he sees. So, for me, this fight, first of all, the zone needed it, Mm -hmm. because they couldn't make the Triple G fight, they gave Triple G all that money thinking they're gonna make a Canelo fight. They gave Canelo 360 million, or whatever the heck it was. That's right. A lot of of De Niro, and uh, they figured it would help their subscription base, guess what? uninteresting fights, some of them, it's it's not helping the way that 360 million is meant to help or was meant to to bring. Yeah. The subscription base hasn't gone crazy. It hasn't blown up because those fights were, a lot of these fights were fights that people didn't get excited about. And so, you're not drawing them. This fight is a fight that maybe people get excited about. Mm-hmm. So the zone needed it. They needed something like this, especially before the end of the year, before the marking period, so to speak, mm. you know where where everything gets the uh, where the ledger gets evened out, where they look at the the final rating period uh, is you know the the final marking period of 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 the subscriptions and you know where they finished. They needed to finish strong, is what yeah. I'm trying to say, and this is a way of finishing strong. So they needed it. Uh, Canelo, I'm sure they had some nice conversations saying you got to earn some of this money here. And and in their mind, he's earning it now. Mm -hmm. And and he's going to help them in a way that was meant to help them when they gave... They didn't give him $360 million just because they like Mexicans with red hair. (laughs) Okay? But, you know, let's call this stuff... Try to call this stuff the way that people want you to call it uh, in a flat-out honest way. So now... They got what they want. They think. I. Everyone's talking about the size. Here's where it, for me, where it breaks down in a more way that counts. Not just in a way that we think, oh, Jesus, wow. He's going into the land of the Giants. Oh, my God. David against Goliath. Jeez, he better have a slingshot. <laughs> you know, he's going in there with such a big. First of all, yeah, he's a small guy moving up to the light heavyweight. But Kovalev is, is not, you know, he's not Samson. Mm. He, he's not a big physical guy. He's more of a sophisticated guy, a finesse guy, you know, where he boxes more. And he's got one foot out the door. He's deteriorating. For sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't need Teddy Atlas to tell you that. He's deteriorating a little bit. And he's got one foot out the door. And maybe one and a half foot out the door when you give him $12 million. You know,
0: I think the deal included two additional fights, win or lose. So, so it's fifteen million, yeah.
1: probably altogether the package. I heard the same thing. So yeah, so he's got one foot out the door, you know, as far as physically deteriorating as a fighter a little bit, and maybe mentally a foot out the door, or half a foot out the door. That he, his pension plan came in. Yep. You know, so here's a guy who, in Kovalev, was this close to being gone in his last fight. And against Yard from London. Yeah. This close in the eighth round. This close to being gone. And he showed tremendous heart to survive. That's right. And then come back. But he showed tremendous heart. And this is where I'm going to be different than a lot of people. And I said this before. He showed tremendous heart in Russia. I'll say it again. He showed tremendous. Listen, heart is heart. And I applaud him for it. He behaved like a champion. But he showed it in Russia, in his hometown, where... You see that you see some of those guys are inside, they don't have the friendliest faces. Mm. You, you better behave like a fighter over there if you want to walk down the street the next day. Again, you're going to get some things that, "Oh gee, you really said that. T-? Yeah. Yeah. So you better I, listen, he did. that's all that matters. He did, and that's why he got this fight because of the way he behaved, and the way he came back that night. But if that fight's not in Russia, does he show that same stoutness? I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. But this fight ain't in Russia.
0: And it ain't against Yard.
1: No, and it ain't against Yard. And if Canelo, younger, if he can get, and more experienced than Yard, if he can get, and a fresh Canelo, if he could get Kovalev into that same situation, I think he's got a good chance of finishing better than Yard did. I'll just leave it like that. I'll, I'll leave it like that. And... I'll say another point that's very important. At this age of Kovalev, at this point in his career where we've seen him diminish a little bit, I think that's fair. Yeah. To take a fight two and a half months, a tough after a tough fight, two and a half months, after a really tough fight where he took a lot of punches late in the fight, mm-hmm. and to jump back in there against a young, strong champion like this You know what? It could be a a lot of people say, hey, gee, he's still in shape. No, no. It could be the opposite. First of all, you have to take a rest before you go. So he couldn't take the full rest that he normally would take. Mm -hmm. So he's got to go back faster. And to come back that, that quickly, and that's pretty quick. I know in the old days they did it. But to come back that quickly in this kind of fight, after that kind of fight, That can be actually a thing that could work against Kovalev.
0: One one quick thing. They did it in the old days, but both guys were doing it. You're not going in. Canelo is like fresh. That's part of it. He's been sitting there waiting.
1: And those guys in old days, they were a little different. (laughs) They were a little different. They had 300 fights. They had 200 fights. They had 250 fights. They had 150 fights. I mean, you you got a guy like uh, Henry Armstrong had 300 fights, and he had like 110 knockouts i mean 110 knockouts so but i'm just saying that he's you got to look at this now where you have a younger guy a fresher guy going in there with an older guy that's shown you know some deterioration already he's got his pension coming in with the 12 million and you got you got a scenario for me that really bodes well for the smaller guy everybody's putting emphasis oh you know he's got to deal with a bigger guy the bigger guy has to deal with everything i just explained he's got to deal with all of that so at the end of the day it should be an interesting fight uh there's no doubt about that it should be an interesting fight and i'll say one other thing Is there any sucker out there? I know there's a sucker born every day. (laughs) I do, because Barnum and Bailey, the great promoters, said that years (laughs) ago. And and there's a sucker born every minute, right? Is there any sucker out there that actually thinks that Kovalev has any chance in hell, has a snowball's chance in hell to win a decision over a guy who is the face of boxing, the the biggest name of course in boxing has been given 360 million dollars by The Zone the network and is the cash cow of the promoter is there anyone who thinks that Kovalev i mean it it'll be the greatest escape of all time it'd be better than steve mcqueen in the great <laughs> escape i know i mean it'd be better than a movie the thief is anyone happen. who thinks that you he can pull that off really that he can get out of there with it i know you can knock him out and then you don't have to worry about it except they might revive him and say no no
0: <laughs> you a slip <laughs>
1: <laughs> you, you hit him you hit him with the wrong part of the glove we gotta, we gotta give him do it again, but give him a, give him twenty minutes, to, you know, yeah. to feel better. Yeah. Is there anyone who thinks that there's any chance that with everything I just described that Kovalev can get a decision? I, I, I mean, in this sport, and what we happening. know of this sport. So at the end of the day, I'm picking Canelo to have a chance to stop him late in the fight believe it or not. And Mm -hmm. again, I'm going against the grain here. We have people thinking the bigger guy, the smaller guy. I actually think that the smaller guy here in some ways is more physical than the bigger guy. Mm -hmm. Because the the bigger guy, as I said earlier, is more of a guy who's looking to box now at this point in his career. You know, he's not really the crusher so much yeah. as he was in some of those fights early on. He, he's a guy who's looking to use his jab. You know, he's got a good jab. Uh, he's looking to control range. He's looking to pot shot with the right hand. He's looking to box. And I think that Canelo is the guy who he showed it recently. And he showed it definitely in the last Golovkin fight where he could be a physical force. That he that, That's... You know, he's become comfortable with that and uh, more confident with that. So I think that he'll be the guy who's using size. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds weird, but, or physicality in a way that you would have thought the bigger guy was going to be using it. And if he gets him into that situation where you see Kovalev, you know, deteriorate like he did in the fight with Yard mm-hmm. late in the fight, I think Canelo takes it to the next, pay, the next point. And gets rid of him. At the end of the day, I see Canelo winning the fight. Winning the decision. Or possibly possibly stopping him late.
0: I think he's going to stop him. Not too late. Probably 9 or 10. That's my prediction. So check him out at mybookie. Mybookie.ag. Use the promo code ATLAS for 100% credit. Up to $1,000 on your first deposit. And uh, I'm sure they'll have prop bets on every, uh, every which way you can win a fight. Uh, draw. Uh, decision knockout etc cetera, etc. Cetera. There you have the predictions. Check out mybookie.ag before. We Let me uh, add one thing into yeah.
1: this: the breakdown of that fight. Mm-hmm. The simplest breakdown I can give, and I did it with the fight plan. It's like having an old car. If you have an old car, an older car, and you just took it on a long trip and maybe a difficult trip, where you know. You you burned a little bit more oil than you expected to burn. You don't usually take that car, and that car would be Kovalev, back on a long trip. Mm -hmm. You usually put it in the shop, get an oil change, maybe change the (laughs) spark, right? And let it rest in the garage for a while, (laughs) right? Before you take it out again. You, you. Unless it's you, because you change cars like people change shoes. I mean, if your car goes all long, you know what you do? Give it to the car, <laughs> honey. I'm getting a new car. How come, huh? I, I, I must have put 300 miles on it.
0: I, I gotta get a new one. You, but, want to hear, you want to hear a funny story speaking of that? I m- got people thinking certain things now. Would you? <laughs> My nanny called me once and was like, hey, I got a flat tire in the car and I went to fix it. It was a piece of crap. I hated this car. It was like an old 2007 Jetta and I couldn't get the tire off. And I swear to God, there was a Jeep dealership down the road. I drove it on the flat tire, pulled into the dealership and I said, which car on this lot do you want to sell more than anything? And the guy was like, it was in 2018. He said, I got a 2015, it's been in the garage. It was like 26 grand. I'll sell it for 19. I said, you give me three for that Jetta and you got a deal. He's like, done. I said, put it on my credit card. It drove off. See, I'm right. how do i
1: know these things
0: i needed a new car anyways <laughs> just go inside that's
1: unbelievable you you just say i mean your socks get dirty you don't buy new socks you throw them in a plastic bag look who's talking yeah, when yeah, we're in camp away. he goes
0: heck walk with me to target oh, i gotta get some new socks i said teddy i just saw you have like 50 pairs of socks Ken, in there he's like Ken. what if i have to wash some of them i was no <laughs>
1: no no i wash i wash them i wash them all but, i doubt it. i but, think you
0: wore a new pair every day
1: no i wash the socks but You're right. I never got to the new ones, all of the new ones. But you can never have enough socks. I mean, really, it's important to have your feet protected. I agree. Especially when you're going into battle. You talk about anybody who goes into battle. You know how Stalingrad was won, right, by the Russians over the German? The weather changed, and they, they took better care of their feet. You know, the tanks had something to do with it, too. But they dealt with the environment better. I did a book report on that war, <laughs> and and it's true. You can never have enough socks, let me tell you. But I think the car theory is a good theory. I agree. That you got a guy, he's the older car, you're putting him on another long trip, and uh, we'll see. We'll see whether or not the gaskets blow.
0: Yep. And one thing I wanted to touch on quick, while we were in camp, we missed discussing the Triple G and Derevianchenko Derevyanchen- fight. And... Um, I want to hear your thoughts, but in my opinion, I, th- I feel like we watched Triple G get old in that fight, and uh, he didn't look himself. I don't know if it was, you know, there were a bunch of um, theories being floated, maybe too much time training at altitude, too much too much experience getting old. Curious to hear what you thought about that one.
1: Well, first of all, he did look a little gassed, you know. He was breathing heavy, uh, throughout, but he behaved like a champion. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, no one's going to question no, no, his No, heart. no, 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 but he was breathing heavy early. I agree. And he didn't stop doing what, when he had to dig down, when he had to throw more punches and hard punches, he still did. Mm-hmm. He's, and he was breathing heavy. The mm-hmm. other guy wasn't. So uh, there was a rumor that, was, that he was sick too. Yeah. So that could have been it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, just like when we talked about our fight in camp, people don't know what goes on behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. The things that they have no reason to know and they're never going to know mm-hmm. that that things can happen. Guy could get sick, this could happen, that can happen, and you don't want to say it because it sounds like an excuse mm-hmm. and and Golovkin's not a guy to make excuses. No. he's a fighter, he's a champion, and the other guy is too, Derrenchenko, give him all the credit in the world, and he behaved like one and he acted like one uh, both as a person that you would you could cheer for uh, no crap even after that he you know he went in there, did his job, didn't complain. I thought technically from a technical standpoint, if you're going to call me on it. I would say that I thought Derinchenko probably could have won the fight. Mm -hmm. I I say I didn't score the fight, but the way it felt, the way it looked, I would say that Golovkin landed the harder punches, uh, more significant in certain places, but the other guy outworked him and landed enough cleaner punches to to probably deserve the win. But again, this is boxing, and the marquee guy is gonna, most of the time is gonna get it because... If you haven't noticed, I know it's not 360 million, but the zone gave a lot of money to Mr. Goff, I think a hundred, whatever it was, they gave a lot of money. Yep. And so again, I, what did I just say before? Uh, what is, is there a suck out there that bet me that, that Kovalev has a chance to get out of there with a decision over a guy who just got $360 million from the network. Mm-hmm. Uh, please, please. So again, do you really think that a guy named Derinchenko was going to beat a guy named Triple G when all that money was given to Triple G, get a decision? I thought he might have won the fight. Yeah. But he was a tough guy. He was prepared for that fight. uh, uh I, I, I say what I said earlier, what I touched on, throughout the whole fight, I don't know if he got old. To your point, maybe he got old. Maybe he was sick. Maybe there was some things we didn't know about, but he kind of looked like, I'm going to a Nature Channel thing again. <laughs> he kind of looked like, I love the Nature Channel, I really do, <laughs> you learn a lot, and it's, it's, it's the real thing, it's, it's wildlife, it's, it's the world, mm-hmm. you know, it's nature. He looked like a salmon going upstream. Yeah, all night long. He looked like the salmon making that migration where they go back to lay the eggs and they go upstream. Mm-hmm. It's hard going upstream, mm-hmm. and that's what Triple G looked like. He was always going upstream, and it was hard. And but he, but he got there. He got there. And again, I don't know if it was a fair decision, but I know one thing: he earned everything that night. He earned everything that night. He was in there with a tough guy, a guy who was ready, a guy who threw a lot of punches. And um, a guy who will have another chance to be a world champion, I hope, uh, in Derenchenko, because he, he kind of earned it. But you you don't have a pity party for him either. He got paid very well, very well. Got paid very well, so you you don't have to cry for him. But you still want that belt, yeah, uh, you because you want that hand raised and and here and new,
0: Yep. and new champion of the world. I won't be surprised if Canelo gets past Kovalev if he immediately makes the Triple G fight happen based on what he saw in that fight. Whether he was sick or not, I just think that, that fight isn't going anywhere. Canelo's going to have to, like, they're going to have to fight at some point, I think. And um, But can't
1: you make the argument, if you're Canelo, you can make the argument that he fought his way out of the fight. You can.
0: Oh, for sure.
1: You say, listen. He didn't look good. He looks like he's getting old. Yep. I heard Ken Ryder say on uh, the on the podcast that him and Teddy Atlas do. I heard him say that he's getting old, and you know, uh, so I'm gonna go with Ken. Yeah. And and I'm gonna say that I don't want to do this fight the people don't want it anymore we've well, had that's
0: where he would be losing everyone because the people do want that fight i
1: don't know if everyone is as interested as they once were i mean they've seen it twice and now they've seen a golovkin who i love yeah but he, and I do too. But he looks diminished yeah at least he did that fight mm-hmm. and maybe he's not maybe maybe you got him on a bad night but and the other guy looks like he's at his peak so, maybe some of that interest has waned mm-hmm. a little bit. I, I, don't, I, I don't know, but um, I know that Canelo is not looking, he's, he's looking for bigger fish to fry in his mind, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and one of the bigger fish is uh, this uh, salmon, you know, that, that he's got named Kovalev mm-hmm. uh, to try to fry. And then if he does that, well, then he's got you know, a whole mess of options. Does he hang around light heavyweights? Probably not. No, no, of I course don't think not. So. But he doesn't hang around. He goes back down, you know. And you know what is, what does he look for? You know, and there's there's not a lot out there. To you know, when you talk about the kind of numbers that the zone has paid, uh, to get the subscription base to get people to buy subscriptions, there's there's not a lot of. There's a out.
0: handful of really good guys at Super Middle that I'd love to see him fight. Caleb Plant, Benavides. Those are tough guys, big names. He ain't
1: fighting Benavides. Benavides is too big. Too yeah. big and physical. I no, agree. I, I know it's not all about physicality and but it's a little bit about that. It's a little bit about that. And uh he's a little too, and and he don't have the marquee name yeah, you know, he still don't. As much as I like Benavides, you know, he, he don't have that star. He don't have that star, you know, name, that that attachment to it yet. To, to the to, casual to, fan. He, I think he to don't, the big fans. No, I know, but they don't it. have it enough yeah. to to make sense.
0: No, I know what you mean. For the for that risk, those would be that would be risk. That guy, that kid is tough.
1: But but it can't be a big enough fight right now. Yeah, it's, it's not a big enough fight right now.
0: Well, speaking of big, before I let you go, I wanted to get your opinion. Recently, there's been some uh, social media posts showing Anthony Joshua and showing l- appearing to seem to look significantly thinner. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that because I saw some videos myself, and uh, he does look thinner. But he looked huge against Ruiz. I mean, he looked like he was lifting a ton of weights. And obviously, against Ruiz, he didn't look very good. But uh, curious to get your thoughts on that and um, what to expect in that rematch.
1: Well, you know, it's a funny thing. As far as the size, the difference in size, the first thing people start saying is he's not on PEDs anymore. But Mm -hmm. you can't really say that because they've been tested. Mm -hmm. Joshua has been tested. Um, matter of fact, the reason Baby Miller lost out on a payday, he'd get another one because there's a market for heavyweight, you know, for heavyweight opponents. Any now. other
0: sport, you'd be run out of town. No,
1: no, really, it's the truth. I mean, baseball, you'd be done for life. Football, you'd be done. I mean, because there's national commissions, there's real commissions. Yeah. There's there's real law enforcement. There's real enforcement. Especially I mean,
0: for his infraction, he didn't even have an argument against taking and, and supplements and it's one thing or to meat. put
1: stuff in your veins and you're hitting baseballs, father. You're punching someone in the head. That's a serious infraction. Yep. And, and any other sport that has the, I'm not going to say the integrity, but to keep the integrity of the sport has the, the people in place to enforce rules, mm-hmm. to apply rules. We don't have that. We don't have that unfortunately, to protect the fighters and protect the game. But anyway, a lot of people would say, oh, it must have been he stopped taking. He stopped taking PDs. No, because like I started to say, he was tested and he was originally before he fought Ruiz and Mm -hmm. lost, he was supposed to fight Miller. And Miller lost the fight because he did test positive. For but, everything. Yeah, for uh, everything. I mean, if you put the lights out, he, he would have glowed. <laughs> and so he so he tested... So, so we know they were being tested yep. appropriately. So it's not PEDs, but maybe he got off the weight program, uh, intense weight program, because I'm going to say something that a lot of people said, and some of it's the taboo stuff. The old-time trainers and people in boxing used to always think that weights and boxing never mixed, that you got too muscle bound, mm-hmm. that, that a fighter shouldn't have, should have more subtle muscles, shouldn't, Shouldn't have those bulky muscles because it takes away something from them the fluidity to throw punches and to being able to do the things that a top fighter needs to more do more like
0: functional strength versus aesthetic muscles. Exactly,
1: and exactly. And so, a lot of people, again, it was a taboo thing. There was a reason the old time trainers were smarter than a lot of the guys because they have more experience. A lot of guys today they just put a towel on a trainer, really, really. <laughs> did, did you realize that that towel says Holiday Inn? <laughs> you stole it towel didn't you you stole <laughs> he, the thinking. he stayed at a you, holiday you, in you last night you stole the towel and now you want to be a trainer <laughs> go get your own towel <laughs> so uh, my sport is screwed up in a lot of ways but anyway you have some good trainers but back in the old days, you had guys that only got there because they really served an apprenticeship mm-hmm. they earned their way there as a trainer and not as much today in some cases so you those guys never believed in heavy weight lifting, you know, you could do different, nowadays you could do it in a lot of different ways, Yeah, but they never believed it, they thought it took away something for the fight, it was <laughs> a taboo thing. So, to that point, a lot of people felt that when he lost to Ruiz, that he's too muscle bound, you know, that's part of his problem. So, when you lose a fight like that, you start you start looking under everywhere. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? You start looking in your closet at shadows. You start looking everywhere to see. You start picking up the rug. Is there someone under the rug? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're looking for and It gets a little crazy. So maybe they're looking, maybe part of it is, they, and I'm sure it might be, that they thought it was too muscular, and now all of a sudden they want to make a change in their weight program. In their, you know, in their training program regiment. so that might be part of it because he does look. One of the videos I saw, he did look a little different. Mm-hmm. So that that could be part of it, um, but I think a big part of it is that the mental part, the the mental part. You got to come up with an answer. You got to do something to satisfy the guy that this next time I'm going to be different, because he's not having a tune up, yeah. a confidence builder. So there's got to be something there that says hey, things are going to be there. And this might be that something. Mm-hmm. To, to give him something. He needs something. Just like if you're walking across the desert, you need a glass of water. He needs a glass of water. And that glass of water is mental belief. Something that tells him something's going to be different. That that it's not going to be the same. So, And I do think the mental part is is maybe everything. Because I, I thought he submitted in that fight. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people did. And... I don't think he would have done that at an earlier point where he might not have done it at home. That wasn't in London, that fight. Right. He might not have done it in front of his fans. I know that a lot of people are going to say that sounds strange, but in front of witnesses, his own home people that he has to live with, he might not have, but he definitely might not have had done that $40 million earlier. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's got to come to terms with that. Do I still want to behave like a fighter? Is it still the most important thing? More important than pain? Is it more important than getting hurt? More important than fear? More important that, that I need to be a champion again. He, he needs to reconcile that. That's where it starts.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a good point.
1: And that's where it starts. Whether you call it a psychiatrist, a psychologist, or a good trainer. Because good trainers are psychologists and psychiatrists. Because that's their turf. They it definitely
0: doesn't have to win for money.
1: And, and they have to have that. But I'll finish with this. When you lose a fight, it's awful funny how everybody attacks. All the bows and arrows come out. And I know that. You know, I got a couple of holes in my back over here. <laughs> you know, I covered it. You know, I covered it up uh, yeah. where you're not going to see it. And that's why I'm wearing a red shirt. So you don't see if some of the blood <laughs> leaks through, you you won't see it. Yep. Okay? I got it. It's part of the turf. It's all right. You know, whoop, there goes another <laughs> uh, you I, I know you'll pull them out for me. <laughs> yeah, of course. I know you will. But uh, so it's funny. That this McCracken, who's done a good job, I think that's the train of yep. Joshua done a good job with him, and now all of a sudden everyone's attacking everything that because he lost one fight, mm-hmm. you know he's a gold medalist in Olympics. It's funny how that stuff works. And and look, there's got to there were things wrong. There's got to be something, but nobody was complaining. The same fighter, right, with the muscles, got hit got dropped against Klitschko and he got his backside up and behaved like a champion and he kept that belt against Klitschko in London before he made all these millions of dollars. You know, it was on his way up. Nobody complained about that. Nobody said you got to get rid of McCracken. Nobody said you got to do this. Nobody said you got to get off the weight program. Nobody said nothing, right? Right? I'm not saying there's not a need for some changes. I'm not. I said there is. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, isn't it funny how this stuff works? Nobody said, boy, they love a winner, don't they, babe? (laughs) Nobody said nothing then because he got up and he behaved like and he made everything right. Mm -hmm. And that's what was missing the most against Ruiz. Yeah, he stood up too straight. Yeah, all that stuff. But he didn't behave the way he did against Klitschko. That was the big difference. Yep. And that's what was missing. And that's what he's got to find.
0: Well, we've got an awesome calendar of fights coming up here. And before we sign off, I just want to give a quick shout-out again to MyBookie. Check them out at MyBookie.ag. These guys are easy to deal with, pleasure, use the app. Uh, Go to MyBookie.ag, use the promo code ATLAS for 100% credit on your first play, up to $1,000. And also, thanks for all the support, guys. If you like the show, please be sure to take one minute to leave a review on iTunes. It really helps a lot. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, but honestly, I can't stress enough. Please take two seconds and just click a review on um, iTunes. Leave us a review. Leave some comments, please. It, it all helps. Appreciate all the support, Teddy. Thanks for doing this. Uh,
1: and don't listen and tell him how much you like his glasses, the frames. <laughs> you know, he he's a proud, proud guy. He wants to he wants to look good. And, I need him. Uh, to, I need him to
0: see. Unfortunately, you know, and
1: just. Give him a little love, please. And thanks
0: thanks again to uh, Brandon in uh, England for coordinating the dartboard. Appreciate you.
1: Yeah, I look like a cat, but uh, thank you, Brandon. Thank you. (laughs) Meow.